Hello, and welcome to the So It Goes podcast. Me, Dylan. And me, Rob. And in today's episode, we're speaking to the band Las Lloronas. This band is really interesting because they came from, originally from street performing, and they have used this sort of experience to influence their music. And they also cover other issues that are personal to them as well uh, with their form of music. They uh, are all based in Belgium and they perform this unique folk poetry almost with really haunting melodies. But anyway, they are really good and you should check them out. There we go. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Las Lloronas to So It Goes. So uh, I think the first thing, if we can talk about it, is uh, it said you formed in 2017 on your website, but uh, it was only temporary. So I was just wondering why you decided to have a proper shot at it and try and go for it. Um, it kind of happened because of, everything was very spontaneous. Like um, we kind of, um, like Amber came to Brussels for a little bit where I was living and we needed some money so we went to play in the streets and then it's kind mm. of enjoyable so we continued and then we like had a little gig here and there and then eventually it kind of happened i feel there were a few moments where we, we then had to ask ourselves okay are we actually continuing or not mm. um, it kind of i don't know every time there was something making us say yes i guess and then we recorded a little album and then a bigger album and with Marike who joined and then with the crowdfunding. I don't know, just, yeah, people were also encouraging us and we were enjoying it. So continued, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you mentioned with your new album that was done through crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, do you think you like would have been able to have created this album? 10 years ago or something when the crowdfunding aspect wasn't as stark as it was now? Good question. <laughs> I actually don't know what people did back then. I guess you were much more dependent on a label unless you or on somebody giving you mm. reasons because they wanted to support you. Um, yeah, no, I think for us, this was a crucial um, uh, a crucial opportunity that this is now somehow more, more wide done. Um, it was beautiful to have this, to really get um, the support from such a, such an amount, like big amount of people and to also feel this is somehow in a, a collective effort rather than just us trying to make our way. It didn't only gather, like we didn't only um, get money from people, but also it, it felt very, um, very much encouraging also to, to to feel with the people giving that um, they were they were curious and they they trusted that we would come up with something and create something worthwhile. So yeah. Do you think that um, the way that as Dylan mentioned before that you did a bit of street performing? Do you think that's helped create your sort of unique style of sort of song and like influence what genre of music you've done? Good question. 
I don't know. I think on the one hand, when we started playing on the street, I think the style of music we played was very much what we felt like playing and what we, what we liked to listen to. And we started with some covers and some of our own songs. And and actually, I think it was not so fitting to what a lot of street musicians do because what works better on the on the street is to do some upbeat kind of known mm. that you know that people oh I know Despacito and then they film you and they give you money. <laughs> but but normally. Yeah, so we did decided to do just what we felt like, which is sometimes a bit more melancholic, so, sorrowful or soulful, or I don't know if that word, music that we liked and that we composed. And and maybe it wasn't always the best, like economic choice, or financially speaking, the best choice, but it was very nice also exactly because of the contrast it somehow had to the, to the, the busy streets in the center of Brussels where there's a lot of people going to work and kind of this hectic commercial space and then there was this kind of often chilled and very intimate personal poetic music um, and then people would yeah would stop and listen and it somehow created this nice kind of bubble that we also mm. like to create. I don't know if the other way around if the, if the playing on the street affected the kind of music we played maybe I feel like maybe I started as something that can still, like even in the street, can be shared and it works and like people are interested and stuff and listen and invite us to concert. And I feel, at least for me, I think it was like a kind of like affirming that it has space, even in the most, the place that feels like the most not having space for this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also, I think it's, it is a nice place. And I think playing in the street is something that's been. I don't know, just the public space is a different like vibe to it. And I think it was very nice. I remember singing those like dramatic songs, looking at the, <laughs> the skyline or at the, I don't know, it's nice. This open space and the kind of projection of the of the songs and the, I don't know. That's kind of uh, made me think of another question, which is sort of what would you say sort of inspires you to like, to come up with that sound, whether it's other musicians or whether it's even like, say, nature or just like your day-to-day -day sort of activities? Like what inspires you musically? <laughs> um, on the one hand, the lyrics are, are often kind of what's whatever. I think we have sometimes this habit to just write for ourselves in a kind of notebook and stuff, whatever comes out, whatever we're busy with or and this often then turns into the lyrics part in terms of melodies and um, musical inspiration. I think we are quite inspired by traditional music from different kind of areas and corners. And yeah, where where I feel there's it's often the case that sometimes quite simple melodies, not always, but are sang or performed with a lot of kind of raw emotion and a lot of kind of like fashion and where sometimes fashion is more important than skill or where there is you know this kind of um, yeah like, like folk songs that stay in your head and that they're just really taking and a bit cinematographic or um, <laughs> and this is one thing that inspires us which is also a genre that is done in public spaces in the street or in bars or these kind of things and yeah that we find very powerful and inspiring yeah, also just other musicians that 
put themselves out there without, I mean, or with fear or despite fear of showing themselves and um, it's like really vulnerable parts of oneself. Um, also musically, I think we're inspired by people and particularly women musicians that um, that put themselves out there um, mm. by fear maybe of showing oneself and the most vulnerable aspects of oneself. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, with your sound of music and stuff, it like throughout your songs, there's always these like really prominent harmonies. But I was just wondering, like, was the harmonies always the main part of the song? Is was was that like something you always wanted to incorporate in your performances or recordings? When you say harmonies, you mean vocal? Yeah, vocal vocals, like your vocal harmonies. I, again, I, like I don't think it's something like very conscious. We're like, oh, we should do harmonies because it sounds really cool. It's just that we all like to sing, and it's a way of expression. Um, I think um, the voice, and that is um, at least for me, I can say it's my main instrument. The voice, like actually, the other instruments I play are more accompaniment. Mm. And I think with the voice and also with the clarinet being very similar to a voice, I think harmonizing this is kind of um what in a way boldly comes out it's like it just the first raw kind of like blah out is the voices and the clarinet as a voice or also the voice instrument. and then we shape this and then we're like oh let's also do like let's i feel like this is more the the, the first thing actually is the voices yeah hmm. yeah because like one thing that um because you mentioned before how like music that was like emotional sort of like really resonates with you maybe that could be why sort of you the music sounds the way it does like it sounds very unique and you've got harmonies and you've not really thought about it because you have you've just gone with it and it's like an instinct uh because that's something that you like really connect with is sort of the sound of the vocals without even having to plan it. Yesterday, I spent a day with some like very educated musicians, mm. and we all consider ourselves rather not very like prop, like kind of classically educated musicians. And I think in that sense, it helps because we're less educated on what typically should work theoretically or not in the melody. And so I do think that in that sense, it's also like mm. allows for innovation. Actually, to not know the rules sometimes, even though. Some people would disagree, I guess, but I think for me it helps actually. The your music, it like when you write the lyrics, they always have a message behind them, whether it's sort of like political or bought from some sort of injustice. So, do you feel music in itself always has to have a political undertone? Or do you think it should be based more around escapism? Mm. <laughs> I feel like, luckily, it doesn't have to be one or the other music. I mean, escapism or or other things. Uh, I feel like um, it can be many things. And also, to me, it feels like it's um, it's it's many things. And I have to think, of course, of the phrase, um, the personal is political. So. <laughs> Um, us sharing just kind of um, whatever is is going on within within us and questions that we may have about this world, about the 
the insecure um, insecurities, yes, but also the injustices that we that we perceive or experience. Um, also, when we do have a certain, like by being artists and having a certain ability, we also gain power in a way because our voices are amplified by people. Mm. And so I do feel sometimes annoyed at seeing some people who have this power and don't use it, like, and reproduce this, like the blood, like the really basic cliches and injustice and patriarchy and racism mm. and so on. And I do find it also sometimes difficult to see, start to see that, like, we do have this responsibility. And for example, I think now, for example, this question that's been also mm, triggering me these last two weeks is also as being white women. Um, talking a lot about being women and and less about being white because this is a privilege that we have and that we are less, mm. I guess, busy with, kind of. And figuring out how to also use our power as being visible um, artists in our own like level um, to also amplify, I don't know, just it becomes a responsibility with doing art, I find. Mm. Yeah, like the whole sort of thing about like, as you mentioned, privilege I kind of feel like I've been like I live in a let's face it a very sort of lucky like set of circumstances in like a developed country sort of you know I've got a roof over my head and I kind of feel that if you're it's if you're in a position of privilege you can sort of at least try and if you can't physically do something to help someone at least give them a voice or represent or sort of go I agree with a, I don't know, like an injustice that is, I agree that there is an injustice that is happening and music and the arts can always be like a great platform to sort of highlight issues. And at the same time, I also like, I want to say like, to be totally honest, there's no song that we say in advance, oh, we should do about this topic because it's really important. Like mentally, we're not like, oh, now it's very important. Happen, we didn't ask questions. Mm. That's and um, I think the fact that we all studied also sociology and have been also in different activist artistic spaces also contribute, I guess, to our way of having mm. stuff like this. With the current climate as well, like with a worldwide pandemic, do you think it's important music should reflect the world where in and or do you think it should be able to take your mind off completely what's like going on in the world or do you think it should be a mixture of the two i think again it should be a mixture i think it's a friend kind of pointed out to me in the first lockdown and the whole thing where you know they were talking about essential jobs and so on mm. and then that were still going on like people cleaning like people working in supermarkets you know things that often are disregarded and they just now became apparent to be super important and then they was also pointing out yeah and what are we all doing to kill our time in this quarantine is to listen to music watch movies read books you know what would we do with that so it's kind of fucked up and like emotionally stressful and tough situation we're in um and i think i think it's also good to i don't know if what you say like or entertain or just to have you know i think it's important to also have beauty and have mm. poetry and like you know mm. i think that is sense or like yeah an important subject. so i think it's important for that reason and at the same time 
Yeah, also, again, I do think, and we were a bit talking about this morning also, I think the times we're in and that we're so locked in front of the screen, mm -hmm. very always a biased kind of representation, I, I don't know. But I do think it's a it's a it's really pity that we're not going out meeting other people, talking to strangers about also what is going on, or indeed also having art do a, a part of a reflection for us, posing certain questions, which often often art does also about current topics. And I, I do think that, that is an important thing. That's also yeah, for example, in many places right now there's shops are open and people are queuing to go shopping to like high fancy brands, but small concerts with like really respecting certain sanitary measures and so on there so there's a certain kind of hypocrisy there that i see that it also puts certain things about society and economic mm. and not to the culture which is yeah which i think it is very important mm. yeah like one of the things i found sort of well because of no one's really going anywhere and depending on whatever con what like what different countries some people are allowed to go outside all day as long as they're on their own others like in italy they had specific curfews where it's like if you're going to and from work it's fair game apart from that you're not allowed to do this 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 and this i think it is important to appreciate the arts because it's one, as you'd mentioned before, it's something we're indulging in, but it's something that we've always indulged in. Like, I think it was last year they'd found some really old sort of cave paintings. Um, like, some of the oldest cave paintings were found last year. And it's like, so it's always been a thing that people have done is just go to the arts time and time again. I feel as well, like, with the pandemic, it may have affected you as a band more than other acts because am I right in saying you had a tour planned for 2020? We had a lot of things planned for 2020. <laughs> so how do you cope then or try and adapt your situations to reflect the environment you're placed in? Because like you released an album last year as well. Yeah, it was a lot of, I think also for me, when I when I think about last year, I actually don't, I did not experience um, kind of not having anything to do. Maybe there were a few moments, but overall, I think we had um, a lot of work still with, um, with the album and finishing mm. the album in the, like, um, the crowdfunding was already done and the recording of most songs, but then um, actually, at the during the first lockdown we got in touch with a label and it turned out that they would like to work with us and produce the album so then we found ourselves um researching music rights and um it, and negotiating contracts which was like a lot of work and and it was also it wasn't even good that we had the time to kind of get into this into this legal language mm. and so on so there was this to suddenly deal with which filled our time and yeah, we were um, supposed to play every day during that month, and in the end, we were just like working on legal stuff, yeah, <laughs> getting in touch with the lawyer and sending things back and forth, and and then it somehow continued. We we recorded two more songs with the label um, on board. We still had the crowdfunding to to finish, and and so there was somehow always stuff going on, and it didn't actually feel like less stressful or less full. I don't know how you experienced that, but I mean, 
I think on the one hand, yeah, we did do still a lot of work, but unpaid. I think this is important to say, you know, as an artist, you do a lot of work, a lot of it is unpaid, and then the concerts are often well paid for the for the moment itself because you do so much unpaid work. And I mean, financially, it's been a really tough year, and it has been, you know, that's the thing, like the, the work, but not the work that, that was like paid. <laughs> and, moments where I feel there's also yeah it's also very demotivating to actually not play concerts and to release an album online you know to me it's very very disappointing and the important part which is a life part which you know having people looking at emotions on their faces kind of back at you which is when you play a real concert it's uncomfortable to all the details but kind of like for me it was yeah very frustrating it's good we still have been able to do stuff but it's a yeah, it's a very hard and frustrating and a bit demoralizing actually. How important do you think it is that in this time where we're not able to go and see live concerts, that we should protect the smaller music venues or festivals? Yeah, I mean as much as possible. I don't know like know exactly what's possible because I feel the measures are different everywhere and change all the time and so on. But for sure, like, I think it's important to have spaces to share the despair and the annoyance and the frustration and also um, find ways to be solidar with each other and so on. And also still, I think it's a really thin, I don't know, it's a very thin line between, I had different moments and I think we had different moments of like wanting to be full on online to still kind of like continue the thing and then feel like, oh my God, this is, and it's so like emotionally not satisfying and at the same time I think um also to share some um creativity and good vibes somehow is also important to mm. go through this together as much as possible and without denying the fact that it's difficult and mm. that it's and so as much as we can support each other whether it's um by doing online stuff or by meeting in the park from far or by just doing those interviews, I don't know what. And yeah, for sure. Like because of how the past, let's say like the past year, 12 months have been so sort of surreal and like unpredictable. Is there anything that you think that you will, either as a band or like individuals, that you'll come out of this you'll come out of sort of lockdown and when things go back to normal you'll go actually I'm going to start doing this more because I found that it's something I either took for granted or it's just something that you discovered that you really enjoyed um I realized that I really needed to play music and concerts for my emotional health (laughs) like I really felt um emotionally kind like it was really a place for me to process intense stuff in my life and so this is something that is good to realize. And also then I had to find other ways or just play in my room alone, but it's very different. Mm. So for sure when those moments are still possible because some here and there in between is still possible, I do cherish it differently um, for sure. I used to really not enjoy having plants at home, but since the lockdown, like our living room became a jungle. <laughs> this is something a bit less um, deep, but it's I enjoyed and discovered. Uh, I don't know, a lot of things I feel, yeah, enabled me to look more inside. 
literally and emotionally, which I think eventually is a good thing, to be honest. So like in the pandemic as well and in lockdown, we've been forced into such a situation where technology has become ever more present in the world of like the music industry. So do you feel that technology should be embraced or do you feel it should be more like shunned in the world of music? I think we should be careful and not get used to these online concerts, I think. And we shouldn't, I don't know, I, I really, I really think it's unreplaceable a live concert and human contact. And, mm. and and I think, I mean, I think I'm not denying that a lot can be achieved. Like I've had conversations with friends and have felt truly connected or, <clears throat> or even watch videos and be super like amazed and such. But still, I think it's uncomparable. And some people say that, you know, I mean, there's certain measures that are going through with the whole COVID situation that, that some people fear that they might sneakily somehow stay in place when this is all over. Mm-hmm. And I think online cultural events, I thought this is not one of them. I really think it's unreplaceable. Of course, it's great that we can use social media and promote ourselves and also get to talk to you guys in the UK and all those things are great but yeah that's uh yeah that's a really good question and 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 a response as well because like I kind of feel that people will almost want to go back to doing things that they'll have put just because they'll, they'll have put hot they'll put off yeah you we've basically spent 12 months indoors doing not much so when if there's a chance to go and see like a gig that you might not even know of the musicians, but your friends will go, do you want to do that? You'll people will probably be more likely to jump on it because they've not had the experience of doing anything, let alone sort of going to concerts or whatever. Hopefully it brings sort of the independent music scene up sort of because of how, because of how many sort of there's going to be new opportunities for people to invest in like pubs and clubs and whatever. So hopefully the independent music scene sort of has a rebirth because people will want to do people will want to definitely do stuff after spending so long indoors. I hope so. There's going to be the roaring twenties that people say it's going to be party all the Anyway, so uh, I'm only conscious that we've been keeping you for quite a while now. So I'll just ask one last question. And it's a question we asked everyone who we interview. So if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life, oh. what would that album be? Oh, my God. We were talking about this. If there was just this one album that fits any situation or feeling that you're in. There's just not. At least I haven't discovered that one. But... Oh, that is a very deep. I'm curious also about your answers to this one. If you have it already, maybe you go ahead while we think. Well, I think for me, like if I had to choose an album, it would be The Small Faces, Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. I'm not 100% sure the album travelled globally. I don't know. I'm curious now. I'd probably say, it's a tough one, I'd probably say either uh, A Night at the Opera by Queen or 
Um, or to pimp a butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. I just think that they're both sort of very, like you can tell that they've been crafted by someone who's sort of sat down and he's created something that they, that reflects the people, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's a really difficult question. I don't want to choose. <laughs> I mean, we've had people take time, but we've never had someone just point blank refuse to choose an album. <laughs> I mean, like, no, you cannot make us answer that question anymore. No. I can say one that I really like, but then in many moves it wouldn't fit. It's an album by Rosa Passos. It's called Rosa. Hmm. It's very nice, very soothing, very beautiful music. Mm. But um, I think also my, I, I don't have a specific album in mind yet, but I, I think I would also choose for something soothing, like something that is not too demanding in a way. Like I think I, I would choose for an album by Anwar Ibrahim. I'm not sure which one. I think Le Pas du Chat Noir. It's an album I listen to a lot at night and I feel it just opens up. It's a very storytelling album and yet calm and sometimes more intense. Yeah. I think that would be it, but there's a lot more that I love, <laughs> just so you know. Mm. Well, then to change the question a bit, what, like, if you have a dream collaboration, if there's one artist you just would love to perform with or record a song with, who would that be? You can oh. have as many artists you want this time. <laughs> we won't limit you. It's so exciting to think about. <laughs> I have an answer just, just because of the harmony thing you were asking earlier, and I think it's so nice to sing in harmony. So I would love to sing with the Mills Brothers. Hmm. I think that would be great. Mm. Very irrealistic. <laughs> I was thinking of um, Aquanaru or No Name, of like just having some spoken word goddess come and like. Mm, that sounds great. Mm. I'm not good at these questions. It's like when you are at a party, the songs are like are running out, and then you're like supposed to put out the song quickly and know what. <laughs> like, I really don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Like there are moments, but like mm. I don't know. I, I, this is not one of these moments. I apologize. Here are the pure mm. I can think of them, but I think it would be just super. I would just. I would too intimidated to collaborate. I just want them to play them. I mean, I can the hero of mine that is uh, Jara Feitman, for instance, or um, uh, no, wait, yeah, I can't think of her name right now, but um, another another Clarence hero that are certainly wonderful musicians, but I would just want them to play and I would be like, wow. <laughs> then uh, I think we should say now is thank you very much for talking to us mm. and uh i wish you all the best yeah thank you thank you once again a big thank you to Vlasharonis for talking to us their latest album soaked is out now as with all our artists their socials will be found in the bio below don't forget to subscribe to the So It Goes podcast to never miss an episode. Players out, we have Las Gironas with Mutation.
some soft, tender, some broken men, authoritarian again, afraid to lose power, gain to lose, to bruise themselves to life. Cause life is tough and boys don't cry. So come on boy, make me cry. I promise, I promise I'll do my best. I'll cry all the tears that you hold in your chest. And I'll fly, cause rivers of tears, they make me fly and flow me full of that sorrow. Feathers fall in love with stones sometimes And I am so sorry for you, boy, if you cannot cry Red my lips I said imperatively Red my Sale distinto a lo que era. Todo es mi impulso hacia afuera y era, era, era. Y ahora es un payaso del revés, un pez con cara de pez. Y yo con cara de pena. Mi piti que se quema mi mano y que se quema mientras se quema por dentro. Y mientras yo lo intento. Y lo intento y mientras se quema por dentro y mientras yo lo intento y lo intento. River upwards in migration, a nation of women with wings. River upwards in migration, a nation of women with wings. River upwards in mutation, a nation. Of women with wings. 